0: to another episode of the Hoop Talk podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen.
1: What's up, everybody?
0: This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is looking at WNBA's top storylines. So we are a week away from the WNBA playoffs, and we're going to take a look at some of these storylines involving some playoff caliber teams, some teams also looking to sneak into the playoffs as well. So let's start first with the New York Liberty. And this is a New York Liberty team that is on a seven-game losing streak and won to nine in their last 10, and they've fallen out of eighth place and now sit at 10th in the standings. Jalen, is it bad if the New York Liberty do not make the playoffs given the high expectations they came into the season with?
1: Now, Ryan, I think that's tricky because is it based off the expectations we set for them or maybe the expectations that the that WBA fans across, you know, multiple platforms have set for them? Because the thing that we have to understand is this would be or is Sabrina Ionescu's first official season in the WNBA. And even that came kind of to a rocky start because after having a solid couple of games to kick off the year, That nagging injury talk started brewing a little bit. She started having some pretty down games, not even crossing double-digit points um, in a handful of games this year. So I think the biggest thing is if we're going based on what our initial expectation was, I remember the the first couple of weeks of us doing the power rankings, we thought they were a top-five team in the entire WNBA um, since then, that has definitely not been proven. But here's a couple of things that I will use as a caveat that I think will make it where it might not actually be a disappointment. Number one is that Benazia Laney, uh, this is her first official season, um, with New York, and specifically within this role. I think we may have overestimated the idea of her coming off of being the most improved player. And that being in a situation where now with, as being the, the leading scorer slash second leading scorer for New York, she was supposed to somehow take an even more dramatic leap because of the fact that now she had an expanded role. I think we might have oversold that just a smidge. Thing number two is going back to Sabrina, of course, that nagging injury kind of hindering her early in the season kind of blew her groove. This was a player that we were very fond of coming out of Oregon, but also specifically coming into this season because we had revenge tour written all over in terms of after going down, what, three games into her first season, three or four games into her first season? This, it seemed like the perfect chance to put the WBA on notice for a full year, and she never really got the opportunity. And then number three, and Ryan, I think this might be the most important one, we did not really get to see Natasha Howard for most of this year. That that Shaq Kobe connection that she was talking um, when she had got signed via free agency after leaving Seattle, I think that's the biggest thing that hurt them because I think that would have been a really intriguing tandem to see for the entire year. We've seen it in spurts towards this back end of the year. But, I mean, Ryan, we can definitely argue too little too late, right? I mean, in terms of the fact that this team has not really been fully put together for most of the year, we've seen injuries and we've seen the Olympics holding players overseas and missing games as something that's definitely hurt teams throughout this year, but specifically with the Liberty, whether it's Sabrina not on our A game, Natasha Howard out for a significant time across the board, I think it's hard to be mad at New York season in its totality when we know that there was so much dysfunction roster uh, in terms of the roster construction throughout this year.
0: So I think what you mentioned earlier, when you were beginning your point, when you mentioned that we had high expectations for them, I agree because I think it's bad for the Liberty because of the expectations that we had set for them. Mm -hmm. Remember, I mentioned that this team was a finals contender and I picked them to eventually make the finals and face the Connecticut Sun. Of course, I mentioned earlier, they're on a seven-game losing streak. They've been battling injuries, and they've had a high turnover rate. Sabrina has been kind of getting back to where she was at the start of the season in terms of how she's been playing. She's been playing pretty well recently, and Natasha Howard is back, but we've only seen a small sample size of Natasha Howard and Sabrina Ionescu. And then you mentioned – Benaj Laney and also I have to mention Sammy Whitcomb, who have really contributed to the success of the three-point shooting this season for the New York Liberty. And even though they only sit a game back from the Mystics, this is a Liberty team that is going to have to find their way into the play, is going to have to find a path into the playoffs, especially considering that the Los Angeles Sparks, a team that we are going to be talking about later, this Sparks team is in the same position as the Liberty are with the same record. They're only a game back behind the Mystics. So I think the final games will be very interesting for the Liberty. And it's just a matter of how can they get back into the playoff picture?
1: Yeah, I think that's an interesting point that you talk about in terms of the final games. I mean, the tricky part, we're recording this um, on the 15th, and they have a game against the Connecticut Sun as their second to last game of the year. And that is not going to be a cakewalk by any means. And then talk about facing a team with some real urgency. Their very last game of the year is against the aforementioned Mystics that you were talking about a second ago. Like that's the difficulty with this closing stretch is they have one game that they are definitely not going to be favored in. When we talk about the Connecticut Sun, who we're going to, you know, we're definitely going to zero on them later because they have been on a hot streak. They're one of only two teams in the WNBA right now that have single-digit losses this late in the season. So, I mean, that's already, I feel like—feel safe in penciling it in that Connecticut will win. Now, if New York wins as a version of an upset, I would not be surprised, but I genuinely believe that Connecticut has that one in the bag. So, that really leaves it down to their game against D.C., and I feel like that one's a toss-up depending on, you know, how the stars play, specifically with Tina Charles being, you know, the MVP caliber player that she's been for most, if not the entirety of the season. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the Liberty do. I think I want to take your point that you were talking about in terms of the Sparks and kind of move our way there since they're the next team up on the totem pole from where where we're discussing these teams in terms of making the playoffs. And Los Angeles is tricky because of the fact that they've been – Pretty okay as of late, pretty like steer the ship over the last couple of games. They had a really solid win over the Seattle Storm a couple of days ago. Um, They were in some pretty competitive games against the Minnesota Lynx, the Indiana Fever. It's not been pretty in terms of like the way the the wins and losses column will come out. But if you really sit down and look at the games, they were in a lot of these games dating back to, I would say, mid-August. The Sparks have been playing relatively well. It's just been either about being outmatched or just overplayed in the late stretches of the game. So it's going to be really interesting because you want to go back to those last couple of games of the season that you were talking about in terms of how these teams close out to make their final push for the playoffs. They might arguably, we'll, we'll, we'll see where you stand when we get to DC, but the Sparks may arguably have the, the best path in these last two games to potentially make their final stamp towards pushing for the playoffs. They have the Atlanta dream who I think is a team that should be a little outclassed in this game, despite the fact that the sparks aren't that much better talent wise than them. And then the sparks face the wings, which I don't want to say is necessarily a toss up because I I'm really high on the wings. And I believe that outside of struggling with closing out games, I believe the wings are a more talented team top to bottom, but Let's not just downplay it as if though the Sparks are just going to automatically lose that game because the Wings are they have a solid roster. That could be a really interesting game down the stretch as well, especially if get if the game is tight in the final three to five minutes of that game. So it'll be really interesting to see how LA finishes the year, considering they might have the best pad.
0: And what you mentioned was interesting with the LA Sparks because I think there is a chance that they can make the playoffs. We saw we saw last year that the Mystics were able to go on a hot streak late in the season and sneak into the playoffs and beat out the Dallas wings for that eight seed. It has a very similar feeling to last year that the Mystics could do the same thing and beat out a team like the Liberty or the Sparks for that eight seed. But let's talk about the Sparks for a second, because the Sparks coming out of the break were on a three game win streak. And after that lost five in a row. And then you mentioned, that they just defeated the Seattle Storm, which I thought was a huge win for the Los Angeles Sparks in terms of increasing their playoff chances. The other thing to think about, though, and this has been kind of a recurring issue for the Sparks, they have been unable to consistently score in a lot of these games. They've averaged 66 points per game in all five of their losses in that stretch. And I think injuries to Chrissy Tolliver and the Ogwamika sisters they haven't had a lot of those scoring options. And you have to kind of rely on people like Erica Wheeler, who granted has stepped up for them this season. And you also have to rely on people like uh, Amanda Zally B as well. And Brittany Sykes, who have been stepping up as well recently. Lauren Cox has been getting a lot more minutes off the bench, but they still need to get more production from that aspect. If they sneak into the playoffs, I feel like much like the Mystics, they need all hands on deck.
1: Yeah, I think that that's probably the best point that you can make in terms of talking about the Sparks in this late game push is that they're going to need players across the board to really step up. Erica Wheeler had a really nice size up against uh, the the Seattle Storm playing against Sue Bird. That that clip has gone crazy the last couple of hours as well. Um, And like you said beforehand, I think like you said. When you talk about having all hands on deck, let's just take a look at that game against Seattle in terms of having everybody involved. Tia Cooper, nineteen points to lead the team. Erica Wheeler with seventeen points. Um, Sykes with fifteen and ten. Um, Neneke Agumake with seventeen and seven. Like that's the kind of that's the kind of output that you need in this these final two games. Because let's be real, Ryan, we just got to keep it a buck this team is in a situation right now where despite the underachieving early, which is kind of dicey to say when you lose a legend, right? We're talking about losing the face of the franchise and Candace Parker, but like when you talk about this team in terms of the fact that they had the K sisters who missed significant time, that's, a, that's an interesting point to make sure that we keep in, um, keep involved in this conversation is the Agumake sisters missed significant time and they're still potentially a playoff team. And they're ironically, despite, again, what I said beforehand about the win-loss column maybe not reflecting this, they still are kind of playing arguably their best basketball right now. Like I said, it's not showing up in terms of wins and losses, but it's showing up in terms of the play. The only game that they've had that's been relatively bad recently is probably their game against the Connecticut Sun. And that's not a bad thing to say considering the Connecticut Sun are like, arguably a top two, top three defense in the WNBA in terms of points allowed. So I don't think that's something to like nitpick in terms of their performance. So- It's going to be really interesting to see how they close out the season again with these two games because of the fact that, again, even when you talk about the Dallas Wings, they're only in seventh place. So they're going to have a certain level of energy and upside and urgency more specifically in that final game of the year, which could be a deciding factor in terms of who makes these final spots.
0: And I think it's going to be even more difficult considering, like I mentioned earlier, New York has the same record as Los Angeles. They're both a game back from the Washington Mystics who let's transition to them right now because the Mystics are a very interesting team. They were able to get Elena Del Don back and the Mystics were one and two with Del Don. And now, unfortunately, she is hurt again. But the good news is that they just got Gina Charles back and they've been winning a lot of games recently, including a huge win over the Chicago Sky. So Jalen, how confident are you in the Washington Mystics that they can
1: make the playoffs? So, Ryan, this has been a tricky thing that I've been asking myself all season, because if you remember, we've kind of been teetering with this with this Washington Mystics team all year because the idea was if Emma Mieseman comes back, if they get Elena Deledon late, they can make a significant push that should be able to help them not only be a solid team, but be a relatively dangerous team in terms of making the playoffs. Well, Elena Deladon only played three games, and I don't believe we've seen Emma Misaman this season. So um, our initial <laughs> assumptions our uh, backup plans in terms of what could potentially turn this DC team around in the final stretch of the season. Ain't really there, you know what I mean? It hasn't really been one of those things. Now, Shatori Walker-Kimbrough has been a player for the Mystics that's played relatively well in the last couple of games, which has been a pleasant surprise for Mystics fans, I would say. More specifically, in their win over Chicago, which is a a significant team to catch a body on this late in the year. She dropped 14 points in 26 minutes. I think that's exactly the kind of stuff that you want to see this late in the year. Is certain players kind of coming out the woodworks and showing their worth in terms of being able to make these final plays, um, um, final plays and final pushes towards, you know, what is hopefully going to be a postseason berth. Now, under these current circumstances, I really have a tough ideal believing. That they're going to make the playoffs comfortably. Um, what do I mean by that? Well, let's look at their circumstances already. They're eighth in the standings overall, so they're already making it by the skin of their teeth as it is. Um, they have they have the chance to do one of two things. They're only, I think they're they're only a game behind. They're only like a game behind the Dallas Wings, which could usurp them into a seven spot. But there's two teams in the Liberty and the Sparks who are only a game behind them. So these last two these last two games are extremely crucial because of the fact that they could be as high as seven by the time the playoff picture is filled out, or they could be the, the odd team out at nine, maybe even 10, depending on how this season closes out for them. Even scarier is one of the teams on the agenda for them is the Liberty, which will be a significant final regular season game for them, because it could potentially be the game that decides who the last team and the last team in the playoffs is. That arguably could be the defining game, of this last portion of the season to the point that I think we'd have to chalk it up to, who do you believe is a better team right now? Do you believe the better team is Washington or New York? And in a winner go home game, it's hard to bet against Tina Charles, but on paper, held, held and taken into consideration, New York should potentially be favored in that game, even if it's not significantly. So I'm nervous about D.C. in this last stretch, bro. I'm nervous.
0: So as the Mystics fan, Jalen, you you would say it was safe to say that you think that this season's been a struggle.
1: Yeah, man, it's been it's been scary, bro, because the biggest thing is a lot of the stuff that we've talked about throughout this season in terms of expectations in the latter half of the year, especially coming into August when we thought Emma Miesemann Mieseman was going to be back. The fact that Della Don was on a pitch count for the longest time and then she came back and didn't really lo- like linger around long. Those are all things that make me extremely nervous about how this is going to end.
0: And I would have to agree with you because I think this season for the Mystics has been a struggle and injuries have been the biggest concern for this team. The biggest injury was to Elena Deladon, who after only playing three games, like I mentioned earlier is injured again. And then you've also had Tina Charles, Natasha cloud and Maisha Heinz Allen also battle injuries. And then Emma Mieseman looks like she won't be returning to the Mystics this season at all. And I think the most important thing for this team in the final games of the season is getting healthy because like I mentioned with the Sparks, you need to have all hands on deck to get in the playoffs. What was the thing that you mentioned with the Seattle game? What was the biggest reason why they beat Seattle? They had all hands on deck. They had everyone contributing. And that's what the Mystics have to do. They have to have all hands on deck. And hopefully Elena Deladon could come back for the final games and Tina Charles can continue to produce an MVP level for this team. But I think you need more from the supporting cast who is healthy. And mainly I'm looking at Natasha Cloud, who has not had that great of a season this year. And I think that she needs to step up in the final games and be more aggressive on both sides of the floor.
1: I agree, bro. I definitely agree. This last stretch is going to be really interesting to see how these teams go down, because two games is not a lot of time to Get a certain kind of chemistry going to figure out how you're going to rally around this this um this final stretch. And two games is not a lot of margin for error for any of these teams either. And the scary part about it, again, you go back to that specific game I talked about in terms of the Mystics and the Liberty facing each other in the final game of the season. That could be a season-defining game overall just out of the fact that whatever team loses, Ryan, actually, this is a safe way to place it. DC Mystic, uh, DC Mystics, New York Liberty, win or go home. I mean, that's the basically the best way to phrase it in terms of talking about that game. So for any any WNBA fans that are definitely looking for a big game to circle in their calendars in these final this final week of the WNBA season, September seventeenth, Friday, September seventeenth, at seven o'clock. Mystics versus Liberty could be one of the biggest games of the year because it's going to have a lot of intensity, a lot of vitriol and a lot on the line. So it's going to be really interesting. But, Ryan, I'm going to take that and segue ourselves into probably the biggest question of the pod low key. When we talk about like not only this portion of the podcast, but specifically just overall the landscape of the WNBA heading into the playoffs. You got three teams to look at. The Mystics are in eighth place. The Sparks are in ninth. The Liberty are in 10th. We've got the Wings at seventh, just hovering barely above all the chaos. Who are your final two teams that you think are going to crack the top eight and make the WNBA playoffs heading into the 2021 postseason?
0: This was a tough question because I definitely think all four teams have the capability of filling out those last two spots. I think the team that will take the seventh seed is the Dallas wings. I'm very impressed with what they have accomplished this season with the young core that they've built, but now I think they just have to, they have to hold it down so that they could win the last couple games of the season and secure that seventh seed. And I just have a feeling something tells me the mystics are going to pull it out and get that eighth seed. I think given what we saw from the last season, I think they have that chance to repeat. So my two teams are the Dallas Wings and the Washington Mystics.
1: I like it, bro. I like it. I'm sticking with the Dallas Wings in terms of that seven spot as well. I've been extremely high on Dallas this entire year. I think that they could be a dark horse team in the championship picture this year. I think that it's going to be really scary with the kind of matchup they might be going into, but With them going against the Aces, we've already seen that they can be relatively competitive in a series against them. So it'll be interesting to see how this whole thing shapes out because, of course, we know how things go in terms of the single elimination start to the uh, postseason. So we'll have to see how that whole thing kicks off. But in terms of that last spot, though, man, like I said earlier, the Sparks have the easiest chance from a final two games perspective to make a play but Ryan man dude that's so difficult that is so difficult Ryan I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my homerism down and I think I'm gonna go with LA man I I, I love the mystics I think that again in a winner-go-home situation I think that the Mystics are going to be really interesting against the Liberty, but they have Minnesota right after that as their as their last game of the season. So, I mean, honestly, when you look at what the schedule provides, I think L.A. might have the best shot, bro. So I'm going to go with Dallas and L.A. I think L.A. is going to surprise people because I think the Mystics are just in a really disadvantageous situation with these final two games.
0: And I can agree with your decision to go with Los Angeles because of the path. I think that as a team, like I mentioned, LA definitely needs to step it up offensively. And if they can perform the way they performed, the way they performed against Seattle, I think that they have a a great chance to finish as the eighth seed. Considering that before the season we didn't even ensure a playoff spot for this team, so I think that's going to be the big thing going forward. Can we can we see that offensive consistency? from the L.A. Sparks like they did in their game against Seattle. But let's talk about one of the teams that we mentioned in terms of making the playoffs as we talk, as we transition to the Dallas Wings. Jalen, you've been very high on this team. The one issue that they've had throughout the season has been closing games. Jalen, if this team misses the playoffs, will the lack of closing games be the reason why they missed the playoffs?
1: I mean – easily right I mean I think that's just the easiest way to put I mean here's the tricky thing with Dallas because there's a couple of things outside of that that you can definitely point to I think one of the biggest ones is the fact that you know in terms of talking about where this season started um they were in a situation where you know they didn't have my girl Satu Sabali they also didn't have Alicia Gray who was overseas for the three-on-three tournament Um, representing you, um, the U.S. over there for the Olympics, but I mean, Marina Mabry has been shooting the lights out of the ball. Arika Gumbawale, you know, was the all star game MVP and much deserved within that time frame as well. Um, the fact that they were a young, the fact that they are a young team both helps and hurts them because they're so energetic on both sides of the ball. But of course, when it comes to closing out those games, that's where the veteran teams tend to kind of get the job done. And that's one of the things that's hurt them throughout the year. Let's just look at their last couple of games in particular when we're talking about what the Wings have done, right? Okay, let's start, let's, we'll, let's start from most recent and work our way back competitive game against the Las Vegas aces lost by 10 75 to 85 a competitive game with the Liberty Wings in which they were able to close the game they win 77 to 76 blowout loss to Connecticut I already kind of spoke on that a little bit earlier um short the shorthanded loss to the um, Atlanta dream I thought that one was really kind of dicey to me um but when you look at that game Marina Mabry was uh was very you know inconsistent in that game, only eight points. Um, Satu hasn't played for this team in a little while, which is another thing that's been kind of you know interesting for this team in terms of what they've been missing on the floor. Um, I just think that when you look across the board, the fact that they haven't had Satu Sabali for most of the year, um, just via international play or just her just not being on the floor. And then you throw on top of that, just how young of a squad they are. Ryan, just because I've been so high on them doesn't mean I've overlooked the fact that this team is still kind of ahead of schedule for the fact that they just had the first two picks in the WNBA draft this past year. So hard to say that I would be disappointed. In a team like this for struggling to close games, but I definitely think that outside of missing Satu Sabali for significant time this year. I think that closing games would be their biggest flaw in terms of why they they could potentially miss the playoffs, even though we both believe that they will make the final eight spot.
0: So I look at this Dallas Wings team and I see a four and six record coming out of the uh, the Olympic break. Three of those losses were all by five points or less against teams that are below 500. And then, of course, they fa- they already faced a title contender in the Aces and lost by 10, even though it was a very competitive game. So there has to be co- that consistency on both sides of the floor. Offensively, they've had stellar seasons from Arike Gumbawale and Marina Mabry, who will most likely win most of brute player. And I think the rookies, Charlie Collier and Awak Quier, have – gotten more playing time due to Satu Sabali's injury and, and uh, Isabel Harris's positive COVID-19 diagnosis. Those are two big roles to fill. So I think it will be interesting to see how the rookies will continue to fill these roles in the final games of this season. But improving defensively has to be the focal point in their games. and Hopefully Collier and Queer can step up for this team in the final two games.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think that their young their young players are going to be really interesting in these final two games. I don't see them relying on them significantly, but I do be, see it being an interesting play as to how they decide to manage their minutes if they play at all in these final two games, considering how much is on the line. Is this a team that wants to make the playoffs this early in what we consider to be a rebuild? That's, a, that's an interesting question to ask alone with the fact that this is a team that basically is brand new top to bottom for the most part and are filled with is and is filled with youth uh, youth across the roster to the point that you have, you do have to ask yourself whether or not this team is actually making the push for the playoffs or whether or not they do want a potentially higher draft pick, you know, going into what will be another really interesting offseason for them. So, yeah, I think, I think it'll Dallas is a really interesting team just because of what spot they're in being at seven and seeming like they have so much control but with two games left, anything can happen.
0: So, Jalen, let me ask you this, because I think it's interesting that you 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 bring up how young this team is and how they're, they are already meeting the expectations mm. for a young playoff team. They're already meeting those expe- expectations. How do you think that this team is going to fare in the playoffs? Because I think that this team has a chance to be a dark horse team mm. throughout the playoffs. Or they could pull out a few upsets and make it to the semifinals. But I think a finals contender is a bit questionable. But what are your thoughts on the Dallas Wings playoff run?
1: So, yeah, man. So that's the big question. Because with Satu Sabali being out, and um, I'm filling myself in a little bit with this now because my understanding is that she's been out with a – Achilles injury that's had her on day to day so it hasn't been significant to the point of being already called that she's out for the season but with no estimated timetable for the return and this short amount of time left in the season to potentially make the push the biggest question Ryan with the fact that we have about a week a week and a half left before the postseason starts with no Satu Sabali This team will be scrappy in the first round, but in a single elimination game, I think missing out on a player of that caliber is going to be a really tough blow. Now, you have Enrique Ogumwale and you have Marina Mabry, the two pillars, especially offensively for this team. But Satu Sabali just provides a really, you know, tit-for-tat element where, again, the game I always reference for the Dallas Wings in terms of what I feel like their top end as a playoff team is, is that game against Las Vegas, a few months ago. And that was a game in which Satu Sabali and Aja Wilson went basically blow for blow for that entire game. And although Vegas came out on top, Dallas put the world on notice a bit in terms of what they could do against a true title contender. And that had a lot to do with Satu Sabali giving them buckets on the other end. I genuinely believe that without Satu Sabali, I think this team will be scrappy, but I still think in a one game single elimination, they'll be out in the first round. But I think if you have Satu Sabali in the lineup, which is a big if, again, we're talking about an Achilles injury. You want to play this one smart. So you don't want to go sacrificing your, your, you know, superstar talent. This is a Jordan brand athlete. We're talking about one of the most notable players, not only in the WNBA, but more specifically from Dallas's perspective and their most notable player in terms of their individual franchise next to Gumbuale. So again, the decision of whether or not you actually want to make this, make the playoffs, make the postseason is a question they need to ask themselves. But more specifically talking about Sabali, do you want to rush her back to potentially make a postseason run? That's a tough question to ask, especially when considering that the Achilles injury is the thing that's been nagging her and keeping her out of what's been the last seven games of the season so far. So, again, to wrap everything up in a, in a bow, with a bow, I got to say, with Satu Sabali, I think that they, they can make – I think they can make the, the semifinal round. I think they're that talented. Without her, I think they'll be scrappy in round one, but I think they're going to be taken out by whoever's in front of them.
0: And I feel like, like I said earlier, without Isabel Harrison – and of Savali as well, I think that this team will definitely struggle to make it past mm-hmm. the first round, but I think what will keep them in games will be the play of both Marina Mabry and Rika Gumbuwale, because I think those two can be the deciding factors on whether or not this team makes it past the first round. But I think when you look at this team fully healthy, when you get Isabel Harrison and Satusa Valley back, this team definitely seems like on paper, a semi-final contender for the WNBA playoffs. Let's talk about another team in the WNBA playoffs who have already secured a spot, the defending champion, Seattle storm and Jalen. This is a team that has been playing up and down recently ever since coming off of the Olympic break. They've fallen out of the top two in the standings. And at one point they were on a three game losing streak. Jalen, what happened to the Seattle storm?
1: Huh? Ryan, I think it might just be um, a good old-fashioned let's-get-ready-for-the-postseason kind of vibe. Um, I think that's not a terrible decision to make. Um, Seeding-wise, it is an interesting choice if that were the route they were going. But I have to believe that this is a team that might just be preparing to make a run and we don't have to worry about them necessarily needing home court advantage because this is just an overall talented team maybe not as maybe not as good on the defensive end as we've seen in years past but overall my guy like i think the biggest thing that you have to ask yourself when you look at seattle is how much do you trust their veteran leadership and I think if you're very high on that, then I think you, then I think that in your heart of hearts you cannot read too much into the four and six over the last ten games. Um, I also think that it'd be kind of silly to overestimate like the last ten or so games of this season because. They're tied with a Minnesota Lynx team that started out the year pretty bad. If you remember, Ryan, this was a team that we said once they got healthy, they were going to be scary. We knew they were coming. We knew it. We said that before the season started that once they got in, once they got, you know, injury free or at least a lot healthier as a team overall, they will be a scary team. And of course, getting laser Clarendon, um early in the year was also a really huge pickup for them that helped them in the depth department. So. I mean, you know, the record will make you feel a little bit down on the Seattle storm. And of course, I think on our last power ranking, I was actually a little bit down on Seattle just out of the mere fact that I'm so high on Connecticut um, Connecticut and the Lynx more. And particularly, we'll talk about the Aces and why I might be a little bit more down on them now going into the postseason. But the Lynx were on the uptick and Connecticut has been a model of consistency pretty much from the year's beginning. So... It's hard to read into the last 10 or get 10 games when it comes to Seattle Storm, but I would say that they are the team to keep an eye out on, not only because they're the defending champions, but because there are three teams in front of them right now, standings wise, at least, that all look like they have legitimate chances to not only upset the Storm, But Ryan, I'll go on a limb and say potentially embarrass the Storm depending on the circumstances. I genuinely believe that the top three teams in front of them all have significant depth and talent in front of them to the point that having Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird is going to make a series competitive, but I think it's only going to look competitive on paper depending on how these teams match up against each other come playoff time.
0: So I mentioned a three-game losing streak when I posed the question and it included a blowout loss to the Chicago Sky. And it could have been a four-game losing streak if Breonna Stewart did not have a great 33-point game against the New York Liberty. And the biggest issue that I've had with them this season is interior defense and trying to replace Natasha Howard. And trying to replace Natasha Howard has been very difficult. Mercedes Russell has to be consistent in getting boards and second-chance points. And I think it's going to be tough for Seattle to compete With teams who have strong interior who have a strong interior presence, like Chicago or Las Vegas or Connecticut. So I feel like while while you have to rely on Breonna Stewart, while you have to rely on Jewel Lloyd and Sue Bird to be impact players to fill out to finish out this season, I think Mercedes Russell could end up being the X factor for this team as she's really embracing the starting center role. But I think to your point, there's a chance that they could be upset in the first round?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, Seattle is one of those teams that, again, until you see them falter, you cannot go into a postseason picking them to lose, right? I think until you see them legitimately stumble, I think it's hard to really bet against them. I just do believe that from a talent disparity standpoint that the three teams in front of them, they look really interesting. So like I said before, it's going to be really, it's going to be really weird going into this postseason to kind of go in doubting Seattle a little bit. But again, that's why I think they're such an interesting team to keep your eye out on when we go into the postseason, because they are still the defending champs. And until dethroned, you still have to view them that way, despite what their roster looks like now in comparison to when they made their title run.
0: And I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the playoffs because it also depends on who they're going to be matched up with as I believe you said jail a four seed, right?
1: Um, yeah. The right now they're the uh, Seattle would be the four seed. Yes.
0: So they would be matched up most likely with Phoenix or Chicago. And I think that in terms of interior presence, I would not favor Seattle in that matchup, but I think that they could put up a fight against a lot of these teams, but to what you mentioned earlier, there is a chance that this team could get upset in the first round. And I don't think it would come as a surprise if a team like Chicago or a team like Phoenix, who we're going to talk about next, could be a team that upsets them. And on that note, let's talk about the Phoenix Mercury, who recently went on a nine-game win streak. This Mercury team looks like a completely different team from when we recently discussed, from when we recorded our last WNBA episode. So Jalen, in this nine-game win streak, what has impressed you the most about the Phoenix Mercury?
1: Well, I mean, let's talk about it. I mean, like the most important thing to me, I think, is that their big three has really played up to potential. This is kind of one of those things that we've wanted to see for the last like season or two in terms of their, their being united. And I mean, let's just kind of go over the circumstances. Let's talk about the fact that, yes, they lost to the Connecticut Sun as their most recent game, but let's talk about the output. Um in terms of what took place. Brittany Griner, 25 and 12. Skylar uh, Diggins-Smith with 11, um, five and two. Um, that was, I mean, that's that's the kind of output that you need in terms of um, that kind of game to be competitive with a team that should be favored to win the championship right now in the Connecticut Sun. Let's talk about it again when we look at their game against the Atlanta Dream, squeaked by the skin of their teeth in that game. And that was a game where only Skylar, uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith was available, but you you look at what Shea Petty did in the meantime, led the team with 18 points along with three rebounds and three assists. I think the biggest thing is, I mean, their big three has done what it needs to do um, Tarasi has missed some time in the midst of this, but I think the mere fact that they're able to get a different player to step up as that third player every night, especially in Diana Tarasi's absence, I think that's been huge. One of the bigger games that I can point to in terms of that representation is, although, yes, it's not a great team, talking about facing the Indiana Fever, but 21 points and 10 rebounds from Brittany Griner, only four points from Scarlett Diggins Smith, but you get eleven points and six uh, six assists from Diana Taurasi. She plays second fiddle in terms of that big three, and guess who's the third one to fill the fill the stat sheet up? Kia Nurse with nineteen points in that game to kind of fill the role that typically would be Scarlett Diggins Smith in terms of being that scoring guard for their team. I'll go to another game too where we talk about the game against Chicago a little while ago. This was late August to finish out um, the month of August. Scored 103 points in this freaking game. And we're talking about a game in which Brittany Griner had 18, Kia Nurse had 21, Skylar Diggins-Smith had 20, 10, and 8. And then Diana Taurasi-Browns things out with 17 points and, and five assists. I mean, that's it. I mean, even Shea Petty with 11 points not in, nine, in 19 minutes. That's the kind of performance that, again, against a Chicago Sky team that is in the mix, in terms of being a legit championship contender alongside Phoenix. This is a team when clicking on all cylinders is easily, easily like one of the most dangerous teams in the WNBA. And the trick with them has been everybody firing at the same time. It's kind of been a lot of your turn, my turn stuff. And especially when they missed Diana Taurasi for a little bit of time, Scarlett Diggins-Smith was asked to do so much as a ball handler for this team that the goal was pretty much just to outscore teams. I mean, we see that in a couple of different instances, even prior to that 80 to 64 of the Liberty, 106, uh, 106 to 79, 84 to 69. Like there came a point where like Phoenix was just like, let's put the ball up and just try to outrun and outgun these teams. And it was working for a while, but that's not a sustainable form of play heading into the playoffs that style of play where everybody's firing in all on all cylinders that game on august 31st against the chicago sky is the best representation of how dangerous the mercury can be in a playoff setting
0: and just to talk more about this winning streak seven of their nine wins were about were double digit wins and this big three of Brittany griner Diggins smith and diane taurasi have played some great basketball this year and the team also just got back Bria Hartley to add to the team's depth on the bench. And I think the biggest thing for this team will be if this team, if, if this team's really a contender, because they also have to play teams like the Aces and the Seattle Storm close out the season. And you could tell that they put up a fight and they kept the game competitive against the Connecticut Sun, but they ultimately lost that game. So how will they rebound off that loss? and face two very talented teams in the Las Vegas Aces and the Seattle Storm. But will we also see consistency from other players on the team? You mentioned Kia Nurse who helped out in that game, and she has been a pretty big factor in most of their wins, including hitting a half-court shot at one point to win against the Chicago Sky earlier in the season, but also talking about players like Shea Petty and the returning Bria Hartley. How much production will we see from them coming off the bench? But nonetheless, Jalen, this winning streak has been very impressive. And I think that winning streak has really catapulted them into being a possible title contender uh, heading into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I think that this is just the kind of thing that they need in terms of talking about just what the doctor ordered. I think that this is the kind of team that on the opposite end of the spectrum where we talked about Seattle, where it was kind of the idea of not necessarily packing it up for the playoffs, but just kind of prepping for the playoffs. More so in the terms of let's just get into the postseason, you know, that that New York um that, that Brooklyn Nets, excuse me, that Brooklyn Nets mentality of, we can, if we can just get into the postseason healthy, we know that we're the baddest, the baddest people on the planet in terms of being able to compete for a WNBA championship. And I think that that's the case with them on the other end of the spectrum, I think that Phoenix needs that kind of momentum heading into the postseason in order to be a dangerous team in the postseason because of the fact that they seem like a rhythm squad. And if you remember, Ryan, this is a team that desperately needs to make up for last year, taken out in the first round, close game, but taking out in the first round when expectations with that big three is to be legitimately in the title contention Hunt and losing in the first round takes you very far, far away from being in that mix. So this is a big year for this group considering the fact that they not only have to make up for last year, but I think with the way they've been playing so far heading into the postseason, that I don't want to say this is their best chance, but with Diana Tarasi getting up in age, this they they are on a clock. So they gotta make every they gotta make every postseason ch- ch- uh, trip count.
0: And I think when you're talking about every postseason trip counting, I mentioned before the season started, how is this team going to become a title contender? And this winning streak has really catapulted them into being a title contender. Now they have that momentum to close out the season to hopefully make a run in the playoffs. Because like you mentioned earlier, Phoenix did not go far in the playoffs last year. So how are they going to rebound? And this year with a fully healthy squad, they could end up being a dangerous team in the postseason. But let's talk about another dangerous team in the postseason. Let's talk about arguably maybe the best team in the WNBA right now in the Connecticut Sun, who also were on a who also went on a long winning streak. Jalen, how impressive have the Connecticut Sun looked to close out the season?
1: Yeah, man. So this is this is a team that nobody wants to see bro <laughs> that's the that's the best way that i can put it this is one of those teams that i don't think anybody wants to see one of two teams that how i'm still have single digit losses going into the postseason, even if they were to lose these last two two games of the year, which I don't believe they will. They have the Liberty and the Dream as their last two games of the season. Seems like two games that they should relatively have in the bag if their starters do play. And even if they don't, I think they are a deep enough team to make those two games competitive. But let's talk about it man. 67 to 6 uh uh 76 to 67 over the Mercury. 75 to 57 over the Sparks. 83 to 56 over the Wings. 85 to 75 over the Mystics. Two two bodies caught over over the uh, the Los Angeles Sparks back to back. 14 point win over the Aces. 11 point win over the over the Lynx. I mean, you you just go back man. Look This is ridiculous. This team has not lost a game since August 12th. Shout out my brother's birthday, bro. Shout out my brother's birthday. This team has not lost a game since August 12th. That is ridiculous to think about when you talk about the fact that this team has basically been undefeated for about a month now. So you talk about a team that nobody wants to see going into the postseason. We mentioned it earlier. One of the top defenses in the league had three all-star caliber players on this team. Ryan. If they're not your favorite going into the postseason, either haven't been watching the games or low in Connecticut all year and are not going to come off your soapbox. Or, man, you've got a lot of faith in the field because this team right now should easily be favored going into the postseason just out of the mere fact that they are the hottest team in the WNBA and have basically been that way from start to finish.
0: I think consistency is the big thing with this team and being consistent throughout the season has been so important to how, to how often this team has been winning games this year. Remember, Jalen, last year, this team snuck into the playoffs after starting the season 0-4. And because there it was a shortened season, every loss mattered, every game mattered in that bubble. And for them to sneak into the playoffs was impressive last year. But just looking at this season, it's been a complete turnaround. Instead of starting 0 and 4, they started this season 4 and 0. They've been really, they they've really had a lot of momentum throughout the season, and it's mainly attributed to the play of jo- of a John Qual Jones on both sides of the floor. Seems like a favorite to win MVP. And then when you talk about how impressive the front court has been this season, led by John Qual Jones and Dewana Bonner and Brianna Jones they become one of the best rebounding teams on both sides of the floor. They're also one of the best offensive and defensive teams in the league. And this is a team that has a ton of depth that has really helped them become one of the best teams in the league with players like Jasmine Thomas and Natisha Heideman stepping up on this team. And I think the biggest question, Jalen, to close out the season, how are they going to keep up this momentum? Because even though this team is the best team right now in the WNBA, I feel like every team is in play when they make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, the biggest thing that we always take into consideration going into the playoffs is that, you know, the team, the the better team tends to win when we talk about series. And this is a team that based on their seeding, I believe is going to be in a circumstance where they are not going to have to worry about um, a single round elimination circumstance I don't believe based on where their seating will be so they're going to be in a situation that's very beneficial to them in the bracket by being able to dodge a one and done situation so I mean when we talk about a circumstance where they are going to be you know the best team in any series they walk into regardless of the team they face at least from a roster construction standpoint you know package that together with the fact that they've been one of the better teams start to finish in the league I mean man you know like you said the postseason is definitely a different animal but when you talk about the kind of talent they have on the roster and the fact that they should be favored in just about every single series they walk into man Ryan it's going to be interesting postseason because whoever is lucky enough and I mean lucky enough to upset this Connecticut team should instantly be vaulted into being the the named champion. I think whoever takes out Connecticut is the team that wins the championship. And if you can't take out the Sun, guess what? They're just going to keep shining bright, bro. They're going to keep doing what they got to do.
0: And I think the Connecticut Sun have proven themselves to be one of the best in the league right now. And given what they've been able to do this season, I think it's safe to say that they're a title favorite but another title favorite that we're going to talk about to close out the episode. Let's talk about the Las Vegas aces, because this is a team in a very interesting situation, much like last year. They don't have Liz Cambridge to close out the season. And you could look at this and say that this is a huge loss, but you can also look at this and say, this team has already played without Liz Cambridge before. So they've, they've been here before they've been in this position. So Jalen, do you think that without Cambridge, this team in the, in the Aces can still make it to the finals?
1: So, truth be told, I I do believe that that's still the case. Um, now they are in a little bit of a disadvantageous situation with the fact that they're missing Liz Cambridge because Liz Cambridge, as you argued earlier in the season, could be in the MVP kind of um category by, you know, by season's end. When talking about the totality of her impact this year, nonetheless, this is a team, like you said beforehand, that did still make the, uh, did, did not only just make the playoffs last year, but they were significantly in the mix to the point that they were the team that came runner up last year in terms of um, the WNBA finals. I mean, this is a team that's still been solid in her absence as well. I mean, if we look across the board, let's just look at the last um, couple of games alone. They've beat the Wings, uh, a team that we've talked about already pretty heavily. They blew out the Minnesota Lynx, the team that I think would be really interesting in a, in a five-game series with them. Um, they lost to the Sky, um, but they also beat the Sky prior to that. This is a team that has been really good for most of the year. This is also the other team that um, has single digit losses um, in the, in in the column for them. And for good reason, they have just been a really solid team start to finish. Um, Look, man, I'm, skeptical about them a smidge with the fact that they're missing Liz Cambridge but I, they still have an MVP in Aja Wilson on the team they still are a deep roster I don't think that just because Cambridge is out means that that depth automatically disappears Um, by any means Jackie Young has still played relatively well for this team Um, look for De'Arica Hamby to play a lot more minutes I think or at least have a significant a lot more significant impact than she's already had Kelsey Plum has been huge For this team in the backcourt for them. So, I I mean, I don't think it ends there. I mean, even uh, Raquana Gray, I mean, Raquana Williams, excuse me, has been really solid for this team as well. So, I mean, the depth is there. They have an MVP at the helm. They still have two all stars on the team if you count Hamby as well. I mean, again, the tricky part with them is when you lose an MVP caliber player after having them in the rotation all year. It's hard to get a real beat on what this team will look like in the postseason. The the trick for us is that we just go based off what we saw last year, and that should give us the confidence to believe that they should be able to make another run. But it's going to be a tougher road for them than last year, too, I think.
0: I agree. I think that it will be a tougher road. There's definitely a lot of teams that we label as finals contenders, especially with the rise of Phoenix, with how impressive Chicago has been with Candace Parker this year. I just think that there's so much, there's so many factors in play where the aces may not make the finals. However, like I mentioned earlier, we've been we we've seen them in this position before. We've we've seen them play without Liz Cambridge, we've seen them make the finals without Liz Cambridge. And when you talk about players stepping up, Kelsey Plum in the last game against the Dallas Wings dropped 30 points off the bench. So I think that's significant. Raquina Williams, 16 points. Aja Wilson, of course, with a double-double. I I feel like there really isn't a sense of concern for the Las Vegas Aces because, like I mentioned, they've been here before. So are they going to get back to the finals? And this time, can they do what they have not been able to do last season, what they were not able to do last season? And that's when the finals. And I think that's the biggest question heading into the postseason, especially considering they may not have Liz Cambridge for that entirety.
1: Yeah, I mean, determination is huge on this one, right? The revenge tour of being able to get back to the finals and finish the job is going to be the determining factor. Will their resiliency outweigh such a significant blow in the talent department? That's that's my biggest question. Will the resiliency of getting back to the finals be able to outweigh losing an MVP caliber player? Um, that also is part of an part of an uh, of an elite defense, an anchor defense on that interior side um being manned by Cambridge. will their willpower will their this is intangibles that you can't actually see on court right this is stuff that you have to be able to just kind of like, it's, it's intuition-based in terms of being able to decide what you feel about these teams. Will that desire to be able to get back and finish the job this time be able to outweigh the talent disparity that they might be um, at, depending on how you view their remaining roster, when you lose a talent like Cambridge? That's, that's going to be a huge question going into this postseason.
0: And on that note, transitioning to our question of the day for our fans, how do you think the Las Vegas Aces will fare? without possibly Liz Cambridge in the playoffs. This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk Podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We will see you guys next episode.
1: Peace.